0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lonely Londoner with me Jodie Coulson. I know it has been a long time since I posted. Um, It sort of feels like I'm going for one episode per quarter at the minute which was absolutely not my intention. Um, When I started this I had every intention of uploading quite regularly but life is one of those... Games that we play where things interfere and things happen, and I have just been a little bit overwhelmed. I've had a lot going on in the last few months. Um, those of you who have listened to past episodes will know that I was on an apprenticeship, um, so I sort of came towards the end of that. I had all of my endpoint assessments that I had to do. Um, I've passed that thankfully with a distinction, so yay. Um, I was offered. A job at one of my rotations that I worked at during that apprenticeship which I've since started and I moved house so there has been a lot going on over the past a couple of months and I feel like there's sort of <laughs> you're starting to get the understanding maybe now of why I've been so overwhelmed and a little bit absent um so hopefully you'll forgive me and fingers crossed going forward I'll be able to record a little bit more regularly and now I've got sort of myself settled into my new job and my new house um so yeah that is the little bit of background on how we've got to be here and I will jump into today's episode so given that I've just spoken to you about moving house um I do want to talk about housing in this episode um mainly I'll sort of talk about my journey to how I've ended up in the place where I live now because it really has been a struggle um but we'll sort of touch on some issues as we go um and I would really love to hear your guys stories as well so by all means send them to me um I'll have my email address and my Instagram handle in the description and I'll also shout them out at the end um, if you want to reach me in either one of those places. I'd love to hear your opinions or your experiences um, if they're similar or different to mine. So let's jump in to the episode. So a little bit about my journey to get to where I've been. So I used to live in Devon um, before I moved to London for my apprenticeship so when I moved here very very fortunately I had family who lived in London and it's my dad and his wife um, and then my sister sort of lived elsewhere in London. I grew up in London as a kid and then I moved to Devon so I have family here so I was really fortunate in that when I knew that I was getting the job, um, I would reached out and asked if it would be possible if I could live with my dad um, and my stepmom um, when I first moved to London. Ideally, I was always wanting to move into my own place after a while, whether that be a house share, flat share, um, or my own place, which was a little bit naive, I'm not going to lie. Um The cost of living in London is just absolutely astronomical. Um, But they agreed and said that I could live in the extra room that they had. And so when I first moved to London in September 2021, I didn't have to do a house search. I just moved in with my dad um, and that was where I lived and it was easy for me to get to work. When I first moved there, um, it was like one or two tubes And then our office actually moved and I was able to just get one bus to work, which was so fortunate. Like one bus into work was amazing. So it's really cheap and it didn't take too long. And I quite like the bus for people watching. So it was a great scenario. Um, Mm. And we also were hybrid at my office. So we only had to go into the office a few days a week um, and then we could stay at home for the other days. So really, really handy. And... From September 2021 until February 2022, um, that was where I lived. And in February 2022, um, trying to think of the nicest way to phrase this, I was asked to leave that house by my stepmom. And obviously I didn't really have anywhere else to go, so I called my sister and she agreed that I could sleep on her sofa for a little while until I could find somewhere of my own. Um so I moved in with my sister, which was a lot further away. So just for reference, when I first moved I lived in Bethnal Green and my office was sort of in the city. Um quite central. And my sister lived out in like Edgeware, So really different. Um, the commute was a lot longer, um, a lot more difficult and obviously not ideal to be living on a sofa. Um, but that was where I found myself. And so when I was there, I had to start looking to find somewhere to move into I couldn't stay on their sofa indefinitely you know it was their living room their living space my sister and her husband and four kids so it wasn't ideal to have me on the sofa um but my sister had said that I could stay as long as I needed until I could find somewhere else which I was appreciative of um previously when I'd lived elsewhere not in London so I lived in Bristol for a while and then I lived in Exeter for a while obviously I was at uni for a while all of those places when looking for somewhere to live I'd always used Rightmove um, and I'd found house shares and places to move into through that platform Um, that did not appear to be the way to go in London so I don't know any of you who live in London may have realised this right move is just not really the one um I had sent a few messages on right move to begin with and just nobody ever got back to me in fact I think I sent a message on right move when I first moved into my sister's house and about four months later somebody replied um saying did I want to go and still see the house so four months of waiting for a response not ideal um so I sort of asked around to various other people friends people who lived in London people who had lived you know elsewhere to find where do people look for housing in London I guess um, and I was recommended a spare room and a spare room does appear to be the hub of housing within London um because pretty much nobody can afford to live on their own so everybody rents a room on spare room and this is an interesting place to find housing Um, so it's an app it's also a website those of you who live in around London may know it Um, or even elsewhere I'm just sort of focusing on London but I think it is used elsewhere it is not um, it's not a bad app to be fair it's you can post sort of exactly where you want to live within like the London bracket you could put tube stations and it will give you sort of places within a radius you that you can set you can set whether you want a double bed single bed en suite non-ensuite like there's a lot of parameters that you can set yourself and you can also set yourself a budget um now previously in houses that I'd lived in before I had um I don't know how to put it the houses were a lot cheaper. I I think I wasn't necessarily prepared for exactly how much things cost in London. So just as an example, when I lived in Bristol, I lived in an eight bedroom house. It was like a little cottage house in the countryside, right outside the outskirts of the city. Um, it was an ensuite room, fairly good size. Um, and I paid £420 a month for that and then when i moved to exeter things were more expensive but i had a gigantic attic room also with an ensuite for 550 pounds and those are both all in, all bills included so i maybe wasn't 100% prepared for how much things cost in london if that is your budget you are not necessarily going to find somewhere you're certainly not going to find somewhere of the same calibre as those other houses in those other cities and I had to realise that quite quickly so I had to rule out on suites which I'm um a little bit fussy with things like that because I don't love sharing like those sorts of spaces with a lot of other people you know one or two maybe but a lot of other people it can be a bit stressful for me um But, and that's a personal preference, you know. But I had to suck it up. I wouldn't have been able to have afforded it. So I had to suck it up. So I looked and looked on spare room for a few months. I was looking at various different areas and I had a few parameters that I was looking for. So one of those was an easy commute to work. And I don't mean short, I mean easy. So I would happily have done an hour long train as long as it was one train. Um, I didn't want to keep chopping and changing. I find that really just aggravating. I like to just be on the journey and then get there. Um and I sort of found a few areas that sort of suited that to easily get to my work office. Um and those were the areas I focused on. So it did take a few months. I was looking on spare room for multiple months. I'd sent a lot of messages and I was getting no responses um I'd also found a few sort of scammy houses um so one for example the pictures were of this really lovely large ground floor bay window bedroom um when I went to view the house it was actually a tiny box room upstairs and the lady did not like it when I called her out on that um and obviously I didn't take it because it's scammy um but i was you know feeling some frustration from my sister's you know husband and my sister to maybe like stop being on their sofa um and i sort of got the impression that i was annoying them by not taking the first thing that came along um and a lot of people actually, not just them, but you know, there were multiple people telling me things like you're being too fussy, you're being too picky. And at the end of the day, like you have to live there. I had to live there. So I I think you're absolutely allowed to be fussy when you're looking for somewhere to live. Um eventually I found a house in the southeast of London. Um, it was again, an eight bedroom house and it looked nice when I went to view it, but there were red flags I should have maybe picked up on. So when I went to view the person showing me around was just one of the other tenants in the property. Um, I was advised that we had to pay for laundry. So if we did laundry in the house, we would have to pay for that, which I've never heard of before. Um, it's always been included wherever I've lived before so I found that really bizarre Um, and there wasn't necessarily a designated sort of social area there was a large kitchen which did have sofas in it at the other end and a tv but it didn't look like a sort of area where people would actually go and socialize and hang out Um, and the garden was a little bit overgrown Um, there was sort of some wear and tear And in the bedroom that was going to be mine, it was, you know, a good size. It was a weird shaped room, but the size was good. Um, But there was like paint peeling off the ceiling and stuff. And I sort of disregarded it. The guy who was showing me around said, oh, yeah, they're aware of that. They're going to fix it. Um, And so I was like, you know what, this is fine. It was £580, bills included. And I thought, you know what, this is easy to get to work it's a start. I'll be in a contract for six months, but I can look for something else. It's fine. So I ended up taking that and I moved there. And obviously this was an area of London I'd never been to before. I'd never lived there before. I didn't know anyone. Um, so I was really out on my own and quite isolated. And in my head, you know, at a house of eight other people, I thought, hey, I'll make some friends, you know, I'll be able to socialise with the people in the house, worst ways you know the house might be gross but at least there's people and we'll be able to chat and socialize that just never happened that it was not a socializing house um it was not the kind of house where it was like a housematey house it was like a hmo house um which you know they are the same thing but This was a very HMO house. So HMO, just for those that don't know, is House of Multiple um, Occupation, I think. House of Multiple Occupants? I don't know, something like that. Basically, multiple people living in a house. Um, And that was exactly what it felt like. Like, people did not talk to each other. Everybody lived in their own rooms and they didn't socialise. Their ages were varying. Um, There was some people who lived there who were sort of not necessarily elderly but significantly older than I was and I'm in my 30s um and I'd say there was a couple who were you know a lot younger than me um and everybody just ignored everybody else and kept to their own selves the property was not necessarily well looked after um the ovens didn't work properly so it was really difficult to properly cook a meal unless you were just using the top stove um it was hard to get in touch with anybody to actually get things fixed when you wanted them like the communication was not the best and the kitchen was really dirty like people would just not clean up after themselves it felt like I'd gone back to uni so I really struggled in this house and immediately when I moved in I was like I need to find people to socialize with and so fortunately I found a little group Um, who I became friends with outside of the house. But we didn't see each other all the time. And so a lot of the days I would spend just by myself quite isolated in that house. And I really struggled. And so immediately after moving in, I started looking for somewhere else to live. Even though I knew that I couldn't necessarily move in straight away, I'd already sort of realised how difficult it was to find somewhere and how difficult it was with spare room. So... Immediately, I started looking for somewhere else. Um, and the thing is, like, I have real rejection sensitivity as well. And a lot of the times, I'd be sending messages and just hearing absolutely nothing in return, which is really disheartening. Like, it just feels like people don't want you or don't care. And I think, actually, realistically, logically, people were just getting a lot of messages about the rooms that they were posting. Um, But it felt really shit when I'd messaged and reached out to people and they never responded. Um, And I was quite picky with what I was looking at. You know, if I would look through the pictures, if it didn't look very clean, I wouldn't message. Um, If it was out of my budget, I wouldn't message. You know, I tried to look at ones where the advert suggested that there was some sort of social aspect in the house Because that was what I was looking for. I wanted a place where I could socialise, where I could talk to people, where I wasn't just holed up in my own room by myself. Um, I ruled out anything that didn't have a living room. Because one thing that I did find quite a lot was that the landlords appeared to convert living rooms into bedrooms, which I just find greedy. And if you're listening to this and you're a landlord and you do that, you're greedy. That's you're taking away the social space from a home and trying to get more money out of it. So I would immediately disregard places that didn't have a social space because I was obviously finding that really isolating where I currently lived. And in all the houses I would had before, the social space was really important. Um, so I'd only look for ones with those. I would make sure to message you know, not just, hey, is this available? But I'd tell them a little bit about myself, you know, hey, I'm 30, 31, whatever it was, I work in this industry, I work in the city, blah, blah, blah. Um, If they'd listed their interests, and they were similar to mine, I would, you know, say, hey, I like films too, or I also like the cinema or whatever, like anything to try and connect to these people in the messages to, you know, not be immediately rejected and it just didn't work like for months and months I was still just getting ignored um occasionally you'd get like a bounce back message where it was like an automated response that just said oh the house is gone or you're not suitable and often the house was still up so then it just felt like people were calling you non-suitable for just no reason at all um and it was really really tough and even after six months of living there, I still hadn't found anywhere. So after six months, I could have moved. My contract was up. I'd gone on to like a one month rolling contract and I was able to move and I just still wasn't able to move. I just couldn't get out of there. And I was so miserable at the time. And I would talk to my family members. You know, I talked to my dad about how miserable I was since I'd been asked to leave their house and had to move into this horrible house. And I'll be honest, Like the resentment is, was really strong and still is quite strong for the fact that that was allowed and nobody seemed to care that I was so miserable. Um, I, I don't want to lie, I don't want to keep it in. I I do have resentment there for that because I just don't know how you could sort of allow that and then listen to your kid break their heart and say how miserable they are and just do nothing about it. But that's the situation I was in and I was really really struggling for a long time and I very nearly quit my apprenticeship and just moved home because I was so miserable. Um, I was so lonely, so isolated. I would spend days and days at a time just in my room not talking to a single human and it was just miserable is like this the only way to describe it just absolute social isolation misery for months well for actually more than months it was about a year over a year i felt like that and i really felt abandoned by pretty much all the people that <laughs> should have cared or looked after me um but this is not a downer podcast this is An informative podcast about. Hey, here's what I did. So, (laughs) what did I do? I did not quit. I stuck in there, and I just kept searching. But I would spend all weekend doing that. So, every weekend I'd be on spare room looking up houses, sending out messages, Um, and occasionally you'd get a response, and they were like, you know, we've gone with someone else. Very rarely, most of the time I'd be ignored. Most of the time I'd get a bounce back email, and. There are sort of two sides of spare room. So you can just send messages, but there's also ones where they're like early bird adverts where essentially you have to pay and upgrade your membership to be able to message those people. And in the beginning I didn't do that. Um, but towards the end, when I was really struggling, I did end up doing that. And it was quite expensive. I think it was like 10, 15, 20 pounds. Um to upgrade the membership for either like a week at a time or two weeks or a month I can't really remember um but then that would you know be more of a kick in the teeth when you'd paid money to message and people still ignored you which is what happened you know the rate of responses didn't actually get significantly higher when you were forking out the money which was infuriating and I just felt like I was going around in circles um and I you know my friends knew that I was struggling and. There wasn't really anybody that I could move in with, any of my friends. So, you know, it was a really tough. Um, in the end, I just had to keep keep messaging, keep messaging, keep messaging. And I remember one day I was sat at one of my friend's houses um, and I was just having a really rough time and I was having a proper moan and we were all sort of chatting. And one of my friends said, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to increase your budget. And it was the first time that someone had said that to me. Someone had actually been like, you're being a bit cheap and you're going to have to, you know, increase your budget if you want to find somewhere. The reason you're finding shit places and people that are ignoring you is because you're looking at cheap places where a lot of people are messaging. And it was a really good point. And I just didn't want to have to spend more money. Um, the concept of having to pay sort of upwards of half of my income on rent is just abhorrent and ridiculous and is an issue we need to talk about more because that's actually ridiculous that that is the cost of things and it's ridiculous that landlords are allowed to charge such prices just for people to have somewhere to live um it's honestly insanity and it's just bizarre so that is a whole bigger story I don't know what we can do about it I just feel like we all really need to chip in and do something about it um but it's just crazy and like the concept of getting my own flat was absolutely laughable like there was no way I could have done that ones that I was looking up were over my um my and my monthly income so it's not even that it would be tight it would be physically impossible I wouldn't be able to do that um and so I kept looking kept looking and eventually after so I moved into the house in April in May of this year I um finally connected with somebody on spare room after I'd raised my budget who had a two-bedroom flat and they were in one room and they were renting out the second room and that is where I currently live. So, um, again, like I say in all of my episodes, I don't mind talking about money. I think it's really important. Um, I currently pay £750 a month for this room. Um, So, it's a room in a shared flat and that does include the bills. Obviously, before I was paying £580, so it is significantly higher than where I was before. But before because of the state of the kitchen and those circumstances I was not cooking um I couldn't force myself to go into that horrible environment and I don't like cooking I think it's boring laborious and it's the worst task and I really struggled to make myself do that in a sort of area that was so gross so I never cooked I pretty much cooked maybe 3 times the whole time I lived there and I lived off takeaways the rest of the year so much as it's more expensive to live where I do now I actually do cook, so I save money on takeaways. Um, and also my mental health is, has just increased you know, exponentially and my quality of life has increased as well. And I think that's sort of something that needs to be weighed and balanced. So if anybody listening is feeling like they're in a similar position to me and you're able to increase your budget, you know, only if you're able to then it's definitely something to consider because you just can't put a price on your mental health and your quality of life and before i didn't have a quality of life and my mental health was in the bin um so even though i am paying more money to live here those things have significantly improved so it definitely is beneficial to have moved into this flat and i actually have a social life i chat to my housemate we watch shows and movies together um sort of getting into the vein of cooking together and like sharing meals which is really nice um my quality of life has increased now I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) um you know things have improved significantly and it definitely was worth it but I just wanted to put this out there on if you are looking for somewhere to live if you are thinking of moving to London if you are pursuing sort of a career in London then just be aware that it can take some time to find somewhere to live and be prepared for a lot of setbacks and rejections that was one of the things that I really struggled with um I've never experienced that before so I wasn't prepared had I been a bit more mentally prepared for being ignored and rejected I think I would have not taking it so hard but that really in itself had an effect on my mental health like the messages that effort that I was putting in and just getting nothing back was tough so if you are thinking about moving to London just be aware it will take a little while to find somewhere Um, increase your budget if you are able to because you will probably get responses quicker and you will more likely find somewhere a lot higher quality um and just be prepared that it's going to be more expensive than wherever you live now (laughs) um so I don't know you know what we can do about these things I feel like there needs to be a different system in place there needs to be more help and support for people it's a little bit crazy that as a 31 year old I can't afford to live I can't afford to rent my own flat. That's crazy. Like, we're adults. We should be able to rent our own places. We should be able to afford it. And there's nothing in place to be able to support that, which is insane. And I believe there is a government scheme that will help you once you're 35, because it deems 35, I guess, the age that you should be able to have your own place. I, I think that's crazy. I think at 30... I should be able to have my own place there should be something put in place for that um so maybe we need to petition the government I don't know Uh, maybe I'll look into that but I just think it's a little bit wild the situation that we're put in in London and a lot of people want to be here you know opportunities are here jobs are here there are jobs here that I wouldn't have been able to have got in Devon and my career is here now and much as I love my job, I do significantly miss Devon. I miss the cheaper cost of living, the better quality of life. And it's just a shame that like people have to come to London for these opportunities. But then you can't actually afford to have a really good quality of life. Like, Much as my quality of life has improved, it's not the same level as it was when I lived in Devon. Because I had more of an expendable, expos- income. Um, disposable income, disposable <laughs> income. Um, expendable? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. There was more money left at the end of the month to do fun shit, <laughs> essentially, which there isn't now. Um, and it's just a shame. And I just feel like we all need to take a stand and do something about it because it's just absolutely bonkers that this is the world we live in. And we all just wander around accepting it like it's totally fine and normal. <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the episode, I would really love to hear your guys' experiences or your guys' opinions on the things that we've talked about today. Um, so you can email me at thelonelylondoner at outlook.com. Or I do have an Instagram page. Um, I don't really post on there too much, but you can message me on there. It's Pod on Instagram. Um, And I'd love to hear your opinions, I'd love to hear if anybody else has had any experiences with spare room, if people have had better ones than I have, if people have had similar ones to me. It's definitely something we should all be talking about a little bit more and helping each other with. Um, That is my little housing story. Thankfully, after a year, it did work out. I did put my faith in, the right thing will come along at the right time. And it did, fortunately. Fortunately so i have sort of landed on my feet but it took a while and it was a struggle and it was a little bit tight there so hopefully this has given you some food for thought um hopefully if you've been in this position it's a comfort to know that you're not the only one that was getting completely ignored and rejected for months and months on end Um, and hopefully this has prepared some of you who may be looking to move to London in the future for maybe taking that step a little bit sooner to start looking for housing because it really can take a while so thank you guys so much for listening apologies again for the really long hiatus I do promise I will try my very best to post more regularly but I really appreciate those of you who are still listening people that have messaged me people that have spoken to me um about the episodes i really appreciate your feedback um for anyone that's put a comment or rated uh these episodes on apple podcasts or you know wherever you're getting your podcasts thank you so much i really appreciate it um yeah so thanks again for listening and hopefully i'll chat to you again in the next one sooner than q4 fingers crossed delay.